0: Hello, and welcome to the Video Financial Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Tara Bellio, and we're going to be talking about asking for help. To be more specific, asking for professional help when you're struggling financially. Let's face it, a lot of us don't like to talk about money problems with anyone, not even family members or close friends. The idea of sitting down with a debt professional, like a licensed insolvency trustee, and opening up about your financial difficulties can be intimidating. Well, not to give too much away, but if you stick with us through this episode, you'll find out that even though that first step is difficult, getting debt help often results in a huge sigh of relief for most people. Michelle Statz and Elon Kibble are joining us to talk about what happens when you schedule a consultation with a licensed insolvency trustee. Michelle and Elon are both licensed insolvency trustees with BDO Debt Solutions, so they're uniquely qualified to walk us through that first meeting. Hello and welcome, Michelle and Elon. Um, Today, we're going to talk about what happens during an initial consultation with LITs at BDO. So, in your experience, what are a few of the reasons that people reach out to schedule the first meeting with an LIT, Elon?
1: So, um, generally, it comes down to when there's a crunch or they're being hounded by creditors, creditors calling their wages have been garnished. Um, there's some kind of court or legal approach. That really seems to be the breaking point for a lot of people. Unfortunately, uh, we think it's better for them and would be more manageable for them if they wouldn't wait that long and come in and see us. But it's generally there's something that happens that actually forces them into their position. So uh, it's more of a, pull, a push than them actually wanting to do it on their own.
0: And so, do you see a lot of people who get in, come into the office that, you know, life events have happened, divorce, illness, Michelle?
2: Definitely. Uh, that's what I was going uh, to add to Alan's comments. Life events can happen to anyone and they're outside of our control. And sometimes it's a relationship breakdown. Um, you know, when you've got used to living on two incomes and, and that's reduced to one and you're not able to afford payments anymore. Sometimes it's a loss of employment. Sometimes it's health issues that cause, um, you know, an inability to work. So there's definitely things that are outside your control um, that start to throw the budget budget um, into, into disarray and, and cause a problem. So do you often see people in that first meeting whose debt is not yet an emergent situation, Michelle? Definitely. Um, sometimes it's, it's not quite at that point of being an emergency, but um, sometimes that's good because it opens up options. If they're not quite in that situation where they're in, in dire straits, there can be other ways of of correcting the situation. It might not necessarily be an insolvency process they need. Maybe it's just a matter of getting some some uh, debt restructuring advice, or maybe it's a consolidation, or you know maybe there's uh, assets with equity they can tap into. So so definitely it's not always you know uh, an emergency at the time. So let's talk
0: about what happens when a person first visits a licensed insolvency trustee. Elon, who will they meet with? first, an LIT, an administrator, what happens?
1: So they can meet with either or, either a licensed insolvency trustee or administrator um, to go over their personal situation and figure out, based on the information we obtain from them, what options are available to the individuals. And there are uh, multiple options just because we're called licensed insolvency trustee doesn't mean it's only either a proposal or a bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. We look at the whole um, aspect of options available, uh, as Michelle mentioned, whether there's options to consolidate debts or uh, create a budget and pay down your debt. So we go through all the variety of options that are available for individuals.
0: And what information do they need to bring with them? You mentioned information. So what information do they need to bring with them, Elon?
1: So generally in the first meeting, we ask them to bring as much as they can, but we do know that it's overwhelming what is as much as you can really mean mm-hmm. so uh, the the first meetings really more of a high level uh, how much debt you think you have or w- the income that you earn a- and things those kind of questions um, but they don't always bring information because they're really not sure what it means so it's really more of a high level overall scan their um, their situation based on what they understand. And then once we go through what options are available, we would start gathering more of the supporting documents to what they actually told us is going on.
0: Okay, and Michelle, can you tell us a little bit about the people that you help?
2: For sure, Um, you know, debt can happen to anyone. Um, We see people in all different kinds of situations, all different walks of life, different income levels, um, single people family households, um, you know, so we do see a variety of, of people that come in, so it debt uh, doesn't pick and choose who, who it affects.
0: A lot of people have a hard time talking about money, especially if they're experiencing financial difficulties. So how difficult is it to get people to open up about their financial problems, Michelle?
2: Um, yes, I think you're right. People feel uncomfortable. Um, and I think that's why they have um, difficulties calling us for that first consultation. Once they get in and, and talk to us, um, I do feel like they start to open up. They, it is Money is difficult to talk about. Um, people have difficulties even talking to their significant other. Uh, about their their financial issues so so just taking that step to come in and see us is a big deal for those people once they come in and see us you know and they'll they'll meet with one of our team and they will not feel judged they'll you know we we, we try to be empathetic we we know it's difficult for, and stressful for these people and so it just kind of happens naturally that then people will feel like they can open up to us.
0: So we in, when we, in marketing, uh, talk to the administrators and LITs um, in the BDO offices across Canada, something we hear over and over and over again is how they, you guys really try to focus on being compassionate and empathetic and non-judgmental with uh, our clients, especially in the first meeting. Elon, why is that important?
1: So this is a very sensitive point in people's lives. It's something that they're very emotional. They come in very highly charged, not sure where they're going, what options are. Um, there's the unfortunate belief that because of this debt, they're going to land up going to jail. So there's this kind of uncertainty and um, your health and your debt are somewhat correlated. They link together. So when you're in this amount of debt and you can't sleep at night, you can't uh, focus and it's all coming from your debt, your health starts um sort of deteriorating, and then you even become less focused on trying to resolve uh, or deal with what what's in front of you. Um, With uh, what Michelle said, based on the initial interview, we like to sit down and I sort of call it a bank a blank slate, we start Mm -hmm. with every debtor as a blank slate. But it's more listening to the debtor. If we start off with checklist what's your name what's your date of birth you're already putting people that are highly charged on the defense why do you want to know that what's your social insurance number why do you want to know that I'm here to talk about my debt so we like to sort of open up as a blank slate open up the table and let them speak and tell us what the situation is and I think we create that kind of comfort it lets them open up a little bit more the other thing I wanted to say there's in my opinion, two really groups of people. The people that had the unfortunate circumstance and it's something out of their control, they are actually a lot more open than the people who have been trying to sort of using the credit cards, dodging the bullet, keep on using, getting more and more. So I call it sort of the self-inflicted wound where you just make it bigger and bigger. The, The first group of people are a lot more open and willing to speak about this situation. My final thing is the, the one thing I've always ingrained in myself is when people are sitting across the table, I don't like to use the word I understand because do I really understand? Uh, if Unless I've been in that mountain of debt or in that situation, I don't know if I really understand what they're going through. So it's the choosing your words carefully and working with them to understand, To say, it's I hear what you're saying, let's look at that and hearing their pain points and dealing with those pain points as opposed to brushing them over.
0: I love that. That's, that's really compassionate. Um, So I'm guessing then in your experience that this for a lot of people is their first time that they really are getting to talk about their difficulties and like being on the other side of that. There has to be some compassion. Michelle, can you talk about that a little bit?
2: For sure, um, I I guess what I what I like most about meeting people is is hearing the stories and hearing the background, and so I like to to start with just asking them, you know, what's happened, what's the situation, can you tell me what's what's going on, and that usually kind of opens the door for them to kind of explain you know, how, how they've gotten to the point they're, they're at. And, um, I think people just want to be heard. And so when you ask to hear their story, um, they feel, and you know, they, they feel like you're listening and feel like you, you maybe don't totally understand, but have a, have a certain amount of understanding and, um, and, and want to help them. And
0: so When someone visits for the first time, Elon, do you bring up or explain a consumer proposal and a bankruptcy to them?
1: So, yes, we do explain that, but that's not the first thing we dive into. We obviously, as we said, we go through their situation. So how much debt they have, what assets they have, how much income they make. Uh, the family size we go through those are the main important things we need to know have they been bankrupt before done a proposal before and then based on that and based on their debt load and their income we do go through the other options uh, Say con- debt consolidation uh, remortgage your house go back to your bank and see if they can uh, reduce your payments go using the COVID that we've been going through see if they have those options and in the end if all that is not available to them or it's something they wouldn't be able to manage and a lot of it managing it is just the stress of the phone calls from the creditors then we start talking about the consumer proposal and the bankruptcy and what the determine generally the determination is made by the individual we're not saying you have to do this you have to do that we're saying here are your options and based on your circumstances these are the most be really the two best option or the one best option for you what do you want to do
0: After reviewing an individual's financial situation, do you ever find that maybe insolvency isn't the best option for their debt? In other words, you wouldn't advise them to file a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy, Michelle? Uh,
2: yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I think Alan's right. I think it is our responsibility to make sure people know about all of the options available. Um, the legislative options are there as last resort options um, and and are there once you've canvassed all other options. So as Alain said, there's other 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 ways of trying to solve the problem. I also talk to people about what happens if they do nothing. You know, that is an option as well. And and sometimes it's a valid option and sometimes it's not. But but I think it's definitely our responsibility to make sure people look at all of their other options first. Um, and, and that's when, you know, they've exhausted all other uh, processes that they can look at, you know, look at the legislation. That's their fallback. So what I'm hearing is insolvency isn't for everyone. That's right.
1: Yeah. And to just add what Michelle said is um, there are a number of times, and I think from my experience in doing this for so long, there are times where people come and say, my credit score is fantastic. Why would I do this? This It's going to affect my credit score. And I'll say to them, that's fine. Go back to your bank and see if you can get that loan because the credit score isn't everything. It's basically other factors they take into account, how much debt you have in relation to your income. So if you go back to your bank and the bank says, hold on, no ways, I'm not lending you money. Your credit score means nothing. So therefore, they have to come to the conclusion that either a bankruptcy proposal is the right thing for them. And a lot of people that walk into our office say, oh, I went to my bank and they won't lend me the money. So you still go through that option and they say, oh no, they told me I can't do that. So that's a tick, okay, you've discussed it, options not available. So here are your other two options or three options. So it's really a process of having people understand it because generally the buying from individuals is very important. If they buy in, they committed to it and they want to get out of it. If they don't buy in, if you force them into that process, there's going to be a lot of resistance on the way. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, what about a debt counseling process? What does that look like, Elon?
1: So the debt counseling generally deals with um, the two mandatory sessions through uh, consumer proposal bankruptcy, and they deal with two main areas. The one is budgeting, so going through people, showing them how to budget, track your budgets, and obviously live within your means. And the second one is what I think a lot more people focus on um, it used to be purely um, credit rebuild. They've sort of changed it recently to being more like gold setting and credit rebuilding. So helping people really just set goals for short term, you know, maybe financing a car long term buying a house, and then down the line retirement. So it's, it's really become a more of a robust there's a government a website where you've got to go online and do I tell people doing a little bit of homework they're responsible doing some homework and then those get discussed with them at two mandatory counseling sessions through the process of either a bankruptcy or a proposal
0: and after sitting down with somebody, like you said, you need to have buy-in from them. So they've sat down with you. They've decided, you know, a consumer proposal is not for me, and neither is a bankruptcy. Michelle, will you refer them to another trusted professional, like a lender or an accredited counsel, accredited counselor, credit counselor? That was a tongue twister. Let's try that again. An accredited credit counselor. <laughs>
2: Definitely. I mean, I think um, if I have, you know, uh, contacts in terms of other professionals that I feel might be able to help them with financial advice, um, I won't hesitate to, to share that. I try to give them as many resources and as much information as possible to kind of um, to improve their situation. If, if it's not the insolvency process, you know, is there other, you know, uh, financial advisory pro, um, professionals that can assist them?
0: So, on the flip side, if they decide that a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy is the right solution for them, what are the next steps after the initial meeting, Michelle?
2: So um, the first the first thing would be to gather the information, the verification of the information from that consultation. As Alain mentioned, uh, we don't necessarily have that at the initial meeting and so we just want to make sure we've got, you know, pay stubs and creditor statements and those kinds of things um, as, we, as we prepare the documentation um, because the next step would be that appointment to, to sign the, the statutory paperwork and once the documents are signed, they're registered immediately that day, so so um, the individuals know that this is going to be in effect right away, they're going to get that immediate relief, and and so usually it happens quite quickly once we have, have the necessary uh, information.
1: Yeah, and that relief that Michelle's talking about is, I, I tell people, protection from your creditors, because they're now stopped and stayed from taking any further action against the individuals. Um, With respect to giving them after the initial meeting uh, a checklist of information they need to provide us, we also have the role, whether it's a trustee or the administrator, of sort of being in touch with that individual. Because once again, as we said back in the beginning, it's a very highly sensitive situation. People are... Um, emotionally charged, and we try to keep them on the track and it's not keep them that you have to come back, you have to come back. But we know I mean, I don't know how many times, uh, and I'm sure Michelle's done the same thing, where you meet with somebody says no, no I'm going to do this on my own. And six months later, they're back in our office, more debt, a worse situation, you just get that gut feel from doing this for so long. So if we can keep people on the straight and narrow and help them get to that finish line, it really just it ultimately helps them. Uh, making sure they get the protection.
0: Well, will you talk a little bit about the debt professionals on your team? Who guides a person through the consumer proposal or bankruptcy process, Elon?
1: So we have a multiple people on the team. From the start, we've got what we call administrators or the trustees who are in touch with the debtors, do the initial meeting, help them gather all the information, help them file and sign the documents. And then through the process, we have other groups that will be working on the individuals, what we call an estate, which is a bankruptcy or, or consumer proposal estate. And if there's any kind of reaching out to the, the individual for backup information or they missed a payment, we needed to do that. We have uh, through BDO, we have a number of people uh, that are charged with doing those roles and keeping in touch and keeping the individuals informed uh, because on a consumer proposal, missing payments is not a good thing. Same thing on a bankruptcy, because you may not get your discharge, but missing payments is most probably one of the biggest touch points we have. And then we have the credit counselors that are BDO employees that are actually doing the counseling sessions at the mandatory times. So we're always in touch or sort of touching base with the individual throughout the process.
0: And how often do you meet with clients after that initial meeting? Are you available for questions? Are there monthly meetings, Michelle?
2: Uh, Sure. I think, um, first of all, as Alain mentioned, sometimes there will be an initial meeting and a second uh, meeting as well for further consultation. But once the the person signs the documentation at at the signing meeting, um, after that, the the only other meetings required would be the two mandatory sessions. Um, But that doesn't mean they can't contact us if there's issues, you know, contact a member of the team um, if they've got questions or if they need to see us outside of that so so basically you have the consultation the signing meeting and the two counseling appointments as the the expect the expected uh, meetings
1: yeah so sorry to add on to that I'm I'm in that situation right now where I signed up a, a, a grandfather and his grandson both into bankruptcies and they're having a little bit of struggle with completing their mandatory, income and expense statements. So I've actually got an appointment booked with them both this evening to get on a call with them and go through that. So it's really at the debtor's need uh, or the individual's need as to what help they need. They reach out, uh, touch base with us. There's something about that initial meeting with that person. You get comfortable with them. So we're always, or I say I'm always available. They can call email um, and uh, we, we deal with them as best as we can in helping them through that process.
0: I have two final questions that I'm going to ask you both to answer. So um, Elon, since you were just talking, I'm going to ask you let you go first. So the question is, what advice do you have for those people who are hesitant to reach out to a licensed insolvency trustee?
1: There is obviously that stigma and that thing of, if I talk to a licensed insolvency trustee, I'm going bankrupt. So my advice to people is, it's a free initial consultation. There's no obligation. There's no commitment. And what does it hurt to get the advice from generally the only people in Canada licensed insolvency trustees that can help you with a consumer proposal or bankruptcy. Your lawyer can not help you. Your accountant can help you. We're the only people that are legally licensed. And as I say, there's a free consultation. There's no um, commitments you need to make. So educate yourself through the people that know what the process is about. A lot of people go online and read um the internet and that. And uh, I always say to people, if you were sick, I'm not sure how much you would be diagnosing yourself on the internet versus going to your doctor.
0: No, so, it's crazy because whenever you yeah. Google your symptoms, it's always like the worst possible answers.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and that may be the same thing with a proposal in bankruptcy. You get a lot of people out there saying, and it's more um, competition to licensed insolvency trustees, don't go there, they're not for your benefit, they're only for the creditors benefit come in and find out we're neutral. We have to be neutral by law. We act for the benefit of the creditors, making sure they're getting the right information from you. And we act for your benefit to make sure you're not being abused by the creditors. So all collection calls will stop, harassments, garnishments get stopped, Canada Revenue Agency debt debt gets taken care of. Nobody else can do that in the country
2: other than a licensed insolvency
1: trustee.
0: What about you, Michelle?
2: Yes, I was going to say there's a lot of misinformation out there and people come in for that initial consultation and have heard um, stories and, and things that are absolutely not true. So if you're hesitant to come in, I'd say there's... there's you know, the only thing uh, you're gaining is that knowledge, right? You don't have to commit. Um, it is confidential. Um, I always say the unknown is scary uh, and intimidating. And once you inform yourself and you you know what you're looking at, that in and of itself can bring relief. And maybe it's not something that you need right now, uh, as we talked about earlier. But having the knowledge that this is available and how it actually works and understanding the process um, gives you, gives you that power to, you know, to, to understand where you're headed and how you're going to resolve your situation. And it's not as scary as you might think.
0: The final question I have for both of you, what is the one thing that you wish people knew about your job when it comes to, you know, being a licensed insolvency trustee, Michelle?
2: Well, I, I, I struggle with um, people understanding that we are heavily regulated. You know, as Olenna has just mentioned, we're the only, um, the only um, individuals licensed in Canada to be able to do this for people under this legislation. And so um, I, I struggle with that, and I wish people understood um, our role a little bit better, to know that it's not just about bankruptcy, um, that we are licensed by the federal government, that we are uh, officers of the court uh, meant to be impartial, objective, um, but here yet to uh, administer the process and help you through the situation, help uh, the on, uh, honest but unfortunate debtor, uh, as as we always say. So, so I would like people to know. Uh, I'd like that knowledge to be out there a little bit more. Perfect. What about you, Elon?
1: Yeah, I echo what uh, Michelle was saying that we're, we're licensed, we we're court officers, so we regulated, um, we have an obligation to uh, inform people of all their options and not just the one option that people think is going to make us the most kind of money, right? So we, we, we have that obligation. And um, educational knowledge is power, right? So the more you educate yourself through the right channels, um, in today's day and age with the misinformation and stuff posted on the internet, uh, fake media if you want to call it, um, it's best to go to the people that really know what they're doing and some that's reputable, right? We, we, we're, we're part of a large organization. We've got a big reputation to uphold and we tend to focus on the individual and deal with them um, as needed for the benefit of the individual and the creditors, as I said earlier. I always uh, have this one quote that's in the back of my mind, and it's from, uh, I come from South Africa, and it's from late Nelson Mandela, who basically says, I never lose. I either win or I learn. And that's the whole part about the process, right? You come in, you're not losing anything by coming in, but you're either gaining knowledge, so you're winning, or you're learning something different. So it's never going to hurt you to reach out and find out what your options are.
0: That is a very fitting quote to end off with. Thank you both so much for sitting down with me today and going through this process. I really think it's going to help a lot of people. Thank you. You're
2: welcome. Thank
1: you.
0: Well, that's it for another episode of the BDO Financial Wellness Podcast. A huge thank you to Michelle Statz and Elon Kippel for sharing their advice and experiences with clients. That was a great discussion. For those of you looking for more financial wellness podcast episodes, videos, debt management resources, and tools, we invite you to visit our website, debtsolutions.bdo.ca. And remember, we are here to help you turn the page on debt. Your next chapter is waiting.